my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hey ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I have went through six renditions of this actual podcast episode. I have um, re-recorded this intro three times. Yeah, I think three times. Um, I have obsessed over whether or not this is going to be healthy and healing for y'all. Um, y'all have been on my mind. Um, I don't take it for granted that I lead, um, a community of women in, in their healing process. Um, and I want to show up right for you. I want to show up in a way that, um, actually moves you forward and, takes into account what you need. So if you haven't already guessed from the tone, we're not talking about dating and relationships this week. Um, that is not the appropriate thing for us to, um, talk about this week, but I will be using how I teach in a way, um, as an analogy of, um, a way of looking at this to kind of keep, keep the essence of what I, what I teach here at Black Girls Heal, um, true to form while also respecting and honoring and diving deep into healing this racial trauma and what that looks like. So, um, you are about to hear an episode that I recorded, um, where when I sat down, I really didn't know what was going to come out. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. 
Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So I'm going to talk about five steps, five practices, five items. I still, even now that I'm recording this intro, I don't quite know I'm going to um, title this episode, but I'm going to give you five steps, we'll say, to healing um, your racial trauma. Um, It's going to be based on the grief cycle and the big things that we all go through when we talk about grieving. Um, And the analogy that I'm using is um, us being in an unavailable relationship with white supremacy, um, whiteness, white nationalism, um, and all of the pain that comes with it. Um, I am going to talk in this episode about some of the ways that we may have been trying to get something from whiteness that it is just not going to give us. Um, and there's going to be calls to action of how to give to ourselves the things that we need instead of waiting for outside forces to give it to us. Um, I think that this is a really important take. Because two things happen when we talk about trauma, or there's two things that I want to share with you. One thing that happens when we talk about trauma is that our body goes into fight, flight, or freeze response. And I don't know about you and the communities that you're in, but I see a lot more people in freeze response. So freeze is just feeling immobilized that you can't do anything, feeling sad, feeling depressed. And even that also goes for the people I know who are going to protest. I mean, even that it's, um, people are still feeling like numb, um, but this is what they feel like they need to do um, to get out of it, if that makes sense. So, um, So what I'm going to be sharing with you in these five different steps are ways to mobilize out of that trauma response because that that does damage to our nervous system, does damage to our mental health, the stress that we are under, um, and the constant barrage of updates and information. God bless those of you who have been able to unplug successfully, um, I said in an earlier rendition of this podcast episode that um, this this feels different, that this doesn't feel like it's going to blow over after um, a week um, and then people are going to forget about this. Um, and by people, I mean non-black people will forget about this. Um, this feels like this is escalating, maybe because our president is escalating, you know, um, the police force is escalating, um, the the white nationalists and anarchists that are invading our protests are escalating. Um, so it doesn't feel like this is over. So yeah, I'm going to give you five steps on how to mobilize. And this is for whatever stage that you're in. You know, we, um, 
I hope that if you are someone who's active on social media, or even if you're not, if you have a support group, I hope you have people who've been telling you to grieve and respond in the way that you need to, right? You are no better or worse than anyone else, whether or not you are out on the streets protesting, whether you are in your bed crying, whether or not you are doing your best to protect your children, um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you just need to do what is for you. Whether you're community organizing, collecting donations, starting GoFundMes for people whose businesses have been um, lost, like wherever you are, that is the right place for you to be. And so I hope that this episode validates that. Um, And yeah, so um, a quick little thing before we jump in my, you will hear my son in the background. Um, He was just living his best little Um, black boy joy life. He was in the other room, but you may still hear some squeals of joy. And you'll be like, (laughs) there's one part in particular, you'll be like, Oh, okay. Um, not that he's screeching. Um, but it's loud. Um, is a muffled loud. I don't know. You'll, you'll hear it. You'll be like that. Yeah, that was definitely a one-year-old, um, having fun. So, So you'll hear that and that will be a very, um, I think, cool (laughs) juxtaposition against what the topic is today Um, because one of the first things I'm going to talk about is living our life fully um, because like Audre Lorde said, um, self-care is an act of political warfare. They want us to hide. They want us to give up, to roll over, to live in fear. And when we choose not to do that, that is a political act of warfare. So um, I'll get into that more um, in this episode. But ladies, I love you. Men, if you're listening, I love you. People who are actual women of color um, and white allies, if you're listening, I love you too. Um, But I, I hope that you find this episode helpful. Also, before we jump into it, I want to acknowledge that I know some of you listening have white partners, some of you have white parents, some of you have white children, Um, and I acknowledge that, and I see that, and so when I talk about whiteness, I am talking about um, white supremacy and the structures that uphold it as far as whiteness. However, if you are with a partner that subscribes to those ideals or even parents and children. I hope that you find this episode helpful for you as well. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So what a week um, or several weeks, however long all of this insanity has been going on. Um, This is actually my sixth time trying to record this episode Um, and maybe the third version of what this episode was um, going to be. Um, So hopefully, uh, hopefully this is helpful to you. So today I want to talk about um, coping um, just in general with 
um, racial trauma, but also especially right now in hopes that this is responsive. So I'm taking a break from talking about relationships and healing from um, childhood trauma because we are in an unavailable relationship with white America, with um, white supremacy. We are in a a relationship with a source that does not want us and um, is hurtful and abusive towards us. And it is time. It's been time. Um, but it's time for us to make breaks from that connection. Um, it's time to start depending on building ourselves and healing ourselves. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what that means to me. So let me just break down for you what is an unavailable relationship. And for those of you who are just joining this podcast, you saw the name Black Girls Heal, you saw the title and you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. What I typically talk about here is I help women heal from intimacy disorders. So um, those of us who feel very, um, can be with in relationships where we feel addicted to people, um, it's hard for us to let go. Um, we have trust issues. We have walls up. Um, we hide. We um, self-medicate in relationships. And it's all because of deeper wounds. Um, and all this affects our self-love and how we show up in the world. That's what I talk about here um, every week. And this week I'm taking a break from that. Um, but I'm going to still talk about it in the scope of how I teach and what I teach Um, which is why I'm talking about unavailable people. So an unavailable person cannot give you what you need emotionally. They might be present, like physically present in front of you, but they um, are not able to validate, acknowledge, or give you what you need. And it's either that they're not able to or they don't want to. An unavailable person will make promises and then break them. An unavailable person will um, sometimes gaslight you, sometimes because they are a narcissistic abuser, sometimes because they're in their own pit of pain. And so is there is there a pattern to blame shift and project um, their own issues onto you as if you're the problem? And if we are not careful and if we are not healed, we will get into a pattern where we are trying to fix ourselves to be appeasing to them, to get them to come back. We will um, be in a relationship with them out of guilt. We will be in a relationship with them because we're afraid that we can't get anything better, that we need them, that they are the end all be all. And when I think about our relationship as, as black people with white supremacy, with white America, and even communities, um, of um, people of color who are not white, but hold racist ideologies towards us. We're in an unavailable relationship where we're trying and trying to be seen and just acknowledge me, acknowledge that my life matters, acknowledge that I'm valuable, acknowledge that um, you hear me, that you can love me back, that I'm good enough. Please tell me that I'm good enough. And y'all no more. We do not need someone or something outside of us to tell us that our lives matter because they do. 
We are not the ones with the problem. They are. And so what does that mean? That means that the same thing I teach in all other, all other areas when it comes to relationships, that we stop entering this relationships where we are re-traumatized every single time, that we set ourselves up for disappointment, hoping and waiting for the change. If we communicate enough, if we show up enough, if we give enough, then maybe, just maybe, I'll be respected. Maybe they'll love me back. Maybe they'll say I'm sorry. Um, white supremacy and the people who uphold that standard have shown us who they are. Maya Angelou famously said, when people, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. So here's my offer to us to exit out of this place where we're trying to get someone to listen because they're not going to. And even if they are, that's the cherry on top. First, we start to rebuild and build for ourselves and everything else comes after that. So like many of us, um, I have been in deep, deep, deep grieving um, over the last five, six days, um, just unable to move at different points in tears, um, incredulous, just like astonished. And I feel like I, um, I reached a tipping point. Something changed in me to where I just give no fucks. And I don't think that it is, um, you know, sometimes when we are in pain and we're speaking in anger, um, it's just for that moment, right? And then the anger subsides and then, um, and then like we like, maybe we'll reframe what we're saying. And I don't, that doesn't feel like what this is for me. This, But then, but then I thought what is happening is by people who are terrorists, um, domestic terrorists. And so what does a terrorist need to have power? It needs us to be fearful. A, a, a terrorist wants us to not live our life. Um, so just like Audre Lorde said, self-care is a radical act. Her direct quote says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. If we're in an abusive relationship with someone whose um, intent is to tear us down, to make us feel less than human, to take our power and our identity away and assign something that does not belong to us, but is based in their own um, belief that I'm inferior, though I'm not. It is an act of self-preservation for me to choose joy. As hard and as impossible as it may seem for me to do what I can to build self-preservation to enjoy my family, to build my purpose, to not stop living my life. That's an act of political warfare. But here's what I came up with. 
I came up with five five things I want to highlight for you. And I'm not sure if at the time of recording this that I'm going to call these steps or if I'm going to call these factors or items to consider. But these are five things for you to know and hopefully embrace as we are coping with the emotional trauma that happens from being in a relationship with someone who is unavailable. Um, so the first one is I want you to allow yourself to cry. Um, I can't tell you how many um, messages I've fielded from my own friends um, that I watched in even my therapist group, of course, on social media all over um, because I have not unplugged this time around, like in case I didn't mention that before. Um, and for me, especially being the leader of a platform titled Black Girls Heal, I felt a whole lot of shame because I've been absent this past week. For those of you who follow me on social media as well, I have not been able to do anything. And I had to consistently, I had to keep forgiving myself that that was okay, that it was okay to love and to take care of me where I was in my own grieving process. And so for you, um, wherever you are and whatever you do, whether you are a matriarch in your home, whether or not you are a leader at your job, at your church, or if it's just you and your group of friends, it is okay that you have not been able to show up and that you needed to cry, that you needed to lament, that you needed to mourn, whatever is going on, um, to feel those feelings of hopelessness. Um, that's okay. That does not mean that you're weak. It does not mean that, um, you're giving the man power. Um, there's real, there's real pain there. The second thing I want you to know about this grieving and healing process with, um, racial trauma is the importance of confrontation the extreme importance of using your voice, of not appeasing the person that you are in a destructive, unhealthy, toxic relationship with because you don't want to hurt their feelings, right? So they have a good heart. I know that um, my partner really cares for me because they were nice to me this other time. We grew up together. We've, we're best friends um, um, I was in her wedding, whatever it may be, whoever the white person or the person who was, who upholds systemic, um, white oppression, whoever those people are in your life, whether they're Asian, another black person, white, green, or yellow, whoever it is that, that desire that we have to appease and keep the peace, that desire that we have to minimize our feelings and just say a little bit of it and compromise on what our boundaries are and what's not okay to help them feel comfortable, um, to just disappear and avoid the conflict altogether because you're afraid of the outcome. You're afraid of the blowback. You're afraid of losing your job. Ladies, we are in a relationship with someone who is showing us who they are. It's who they are. I want us to keep in mind that 
respect and honoring and valuing our life um, and our joy and treating us as equal is the bare minimum. So you've heard me talk about when I talk about relationships, how we can get so excited when someone gives us the bare expectations, like the basic expectations of what you should do in any relationship. So any concessions, any acknowledgement of our pain should be expected. I remember, or I know that for me personally, every time a tragedy would happen, whether it's Trevon or the church shooting that I mentioned before or whoever else, I would be so thirsty, so thirsty for someone um, who is not of my hue, but someone associated with whiteness, white supremacy, the systems that oppress us. Um, I would be so thirsty for some kind of social media post or something to acknowledge that this was not right. Now, um, I feel like it is coming out in droves and abundance. All the companies, the people who would just ignore us, I feel like something's turning on for them, which is great. I'm so happy about that for them. But you don't get any brownie points because you just woke up. Like that, <laughs> I, I, I no longer need that for me to keep going. It's kind of like, it's like too little, too late. Great that you're doing it, but I don't need that to keep functioning. And so I would encourage you that as you see people doing this, that you see it as, well, this is what you should have been doing. Like that you should have seen me, my life as valuable. You should have seen my humanity and the humanity to people who look like me a long time ago. Thank you. Welcome. Happy that you finally decided to join. But I'm not going to pat you on the back. I'm not going to kiss your feet. I'm not going to give you extra cookies because you decided to um, be a decent human being. But I'm happy that you're here. Right? These things are so hard because we are frozen. Right? Our voice shakes. We're afraid. Um, for many reasons, but if you are hearing this and if there's something clicking in your head, they're like, yeah, like this, this is a conversation. This is something I've been wanting to say, but I haven't said it. Um, you need to do it. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. 
Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Do it because that's how you empower yourself. That's how you get back the dignity that has been trying to be stripped from you. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. I actually, right before I turned on record, I read a post from um, a friend of a friend, um, a white friend who's an ally, Um, just going in, going in on white people and white churches because her friend who's a black woman confronted her pastor, white pastor at her church. And um, this pastor told her that she was bringing bitterness and hatefulness, um, that she was stepping out of line and that this was not the place for that and let her go. And that woman risked 
she risks the person she was in a relationship with getting upset. And what I'm here to tell you, ladies, whether I'm talking to you one week about a dating relationship, about a romantic partner, about a toxic friend who's always using you and making you pay for brunch, or I'm talking to you about a systemic oppressor. They're always going to be who they are, whether or not you choose to say something or not. You staying quiet does not make the abuse nicer. They're still going to be who they are and abuse you and take advantage of you. So use your voice because if it's not now, it's later that it may continue to escalate. Or even if it doesn't escalate, the damage to your own sense of self-worth emotional safety and the and the traumatizing the re-traumatization that happens every time I mean imagine this is the experience of many of you listening to me being in a church where no one addresses that your people are dying in the streets going to a church where they will say from the pulpit either in code or directly that black people deserve what they are getting And the police are always justified. And if you would just comply, this wouldn't happen. I had someone, someone I had to end up blocking. I had someone who had the nerve (laughs) to come and tell me over the past couple of days, um, why don't you, why don't you, why don't, what, what about praying for our leaders after I talked about the racism of our current administration, um, and his friendliness with white supremacy and nationalism. She came and completely missed the point of the post and tried to gaslight me and said, what about praying for um, our leaders? And I said to her, do not come onto my post and talking to me about praying (laughs) because don't, don't, don't do that. And then, you know, like most people who will throw the rock and then try to hide her hands, try to backtrack and said, oh, there, um, I said, I said, everyone is praying for their leadership. You can pray and hold people accountable and do both. And so she tried to backtrack and say, oh, there must have been, that's what, that was my point. I must've been trying to, um, there must've been something else somewhere else above because other people have commented that made me think to write that. And I said, well, what was it that made you think to write that? And no response. So I said, I tagged her. I said, such and such. I would really love to hear your response. And um, she gets defensive and says, I'm not going to go back and forth with you on the public forum. Like, you know, my heart, I'm going to go silent now. I hope you and your family is okay, are okay. And I said, such and such, I'm not okay. This is what I'm dealing with. And I listed out the grieving, the pain and everything else. And I said, what would have been loving is for you to lean in and to address. And so she followed up with a DM and I can't remember what she said, y'all. But at the end of the day, what she said was, and about what she said, I would just say that the Lord says, don't live in fear. And I looked at this, I looked at the screen. I wish y'all could see me right now. I looked at that screen and I, (laughs) I did not think holy words. Um, But I, and I can't remember what I said back to her, but I, 
Y'all, the point, the reason why I bring up this story is, you know, people will tell you to not engage in social media battles and, you know, yes, but I bring it up because I'm talking about confronting these good people with good hearts. Like I could have, I could have let that go and I'm not letting it go because you're showing me who you are. You, and then you follow up with the message that says, completely ignores everything that I just said and just, again, just puts the onus onto me as if I don't have enough faith, as if I am to blame, we are to blame for what is happening to us. Y'all don't do it. Don't allow people to do that to you. Don't allow people to continue to abuse you and smile on your face and act like you're the one who has the problem, okay? So that's confront. I want you to confront. Um, I want you to show up for yourself. The third thing I want for you to do, like I said, is to celebrate. I want you to celebrate your life as an act of political warfare. I want you when the outside opens back up to go to barbecues. I want you to go to the park that is currently open and play music. If you laughing too hard, someone's going to come over. Um, anyway, so as an act of political warfare, live your life. Do not give in to the fear of the domestic terrorism that is happening. Of course, with wisdom, y'all. Of course, with wisdom. Take everything I'm saying with wisdom. Filter it through your own discernment. Um, celebrate. You moving your body, getting grounded in your body, feeling your skin, feeling your humanity, dancing, rocking, moving, um, um, getting in touch with yourself. Um, it means meditating. It means um, going out and playing Frisbee. It means looking at random videos that make you laugh. It means living life unapologetically um, here. And again, y'all, I'm giving you these five different components and I know it's hard. I know that um, just like every part of the grieving cycle, you will have some good days and have some times that are, that are not as good or easy to do this in. But I just want to validate that anytime that you feel tempted or desiring to have joy, to lean into that, that that's okay, that it's a safe place to go, to lean into that intuitive voice and what it's telling you that you need, whatever it may be. Also, self-care is being around a whole bunch of other Black people. You know, some of us, um, some of you listening are really isolated right now. Um, not everybody lives in a major city. Um, and even those of us who live in major cities, depending on what part of town we're in, depending on um our, our settings, we can still be pretty isolated and be surrounded with a group of people where we don't know what their intentions are. We don't know who's an ally. We don't know who um, wishes our destruction. We don't know who is a good liberal person who is upholding racist structures. Like We, we don't know. And um, that gets stressful and scary. And so you need to be around a safe place. And so you can look for 
social groups online. Um, so there are lots of Facebook groups that are building community for black women. So I honestly would just suggest that you go on Facebook, search black women, black girls, and just join all the groups and see which ones, um, really appeal to you because every, every group, every community has its own flavor. Um, so, but I would encourage you to do that. There is an abundance, which I love, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a bonus episode that talked about racial trauma and how it was really hard for me to find resources. And so I shared one that I did find, but y'all like the amount of, um, therapists and healers that are coming out and speaking specifically about racial trauma and decolonizing mental wellness where, where they didn't really talk about that before is so great. Um, so just hashtagging racial trauma and looking and seeing what stories are out there, what videos are out there, what resources are out there. Um, I want you to do that. Um, also there are healing spaces that are being created, um, that are just discussion groups. I know, um, Dr. Joy from therapy for black girls, um, you know, who I mention off often, cause for me, she's like the Beyonce of mental health resources and not just black mental health resources, but all resources, but especially for us, obviously I just feel like she holds such an amazing standard. She, um, had a healing um, group where women can just come and hold space. I believe that she's holding them regularly. Um, but yeah, join those spaces actively look for them because they are popping up everywhere. Um, or maybe a better way to say that is that they're being highlighted more um, and being shared more because we need them more. Like people have been doing this work forever, but um they're finally getting the, the highlights that they need. So get on those spaces, join those spaces, um, invest in those spaces, not just financially, but even if they're free, share them so that more people can see and participate in them. Um, send them, text them to your friends. You know, I, I get lots of people who say, Sheena, I listen to your podcast, but I'm not on social media. So when you talk about joining things on social media, I'm not there. So I don't know. And I get that. So um, send them to your friends and your and your group text threads. Um, email them to your cousins that you haven't seen in a long time. Do whatever you need to do um, to make sure that people are getting the support that they need. Um, if you find something that you really enjoy yourself, the fourth thing that is the most important, I think. Well, I think they're all important, and these are all C's. If you haven't caught on, we've done cry, confront celebrate, now create. When we are in unavailable relationships with people, we stay because we have fear that there's nothing, that whatever is outside of them, they, they're the only ones who can understand us. They're the only ones who have access. So we got to work within it, right? I got to work within this system. I got to work within whatever he is giving me and try to make the best out of it because there's so much potential, like we could have such a great life together and this little thing would just change, then we would be great. So when we think about whiteness, white supremacy, like we're already Americans. We built this country, right? Um, we are knowledgeable. We are, um, we are a part of the American fabric. And all we need is for this little systemic change, not just little, y'all. Don't let me, don't let me get to lying. But we just need... This little, this change, I'm just going to say little because it keeps coming out. This little change here and this little change here, we just need um, 
police reform right here and we just need this and like we're golden we're good right again again the the foundational problem is that we are in a relationship with someone who does not value us so if i'm dating someone who is unavailable because and one of the ways that they are unavailable is that they um, don't tell me the truth about everything. If they start to tell me the truth about one part of the thing, but they're still not showing up for me emotionally. They're still um, diverting, talking about their actual feelings, but at least they're telling the truth now. I'm still settling. I'm still settling for someone and something that is not honoring me and my worth. I'm still losing, right? So when I'm talking about creating... I'm talking about us building a world where we do not try to be places where they do not want us. That we are leaning into building black, Afro-Latina, multiracial, whatever, but communities that, um, that flourish and prosper black people and blackness without it being vilified without it being um, muted, without it being, um, well, we'll give you a little bit, but then we'll take some of it. No, like they're going to do what they're going to do. Colonizers will do what colonizers will do. Appropriators will do what they're going to do. Like we look, we're wasting too much energy being surprised when people show up for who they are. Being surprised that they, people have been stealing from us our whole life. And then we're surprised when they go and do the same thing on TikTok. Y'all, this is what they do. <laughs> this is what happens. So let's, let's stop being surprised and let's work to build our own. To do that, I'm going to get real, real with y'all. We have to heal our own internalized racism. The, the, the bullshit thoughts that we will have against other black people, well... And it's automatic. This is like not when like we've been justifiably like burned by somebody. But those of us who have an automatic bias are like, well, I would build like fund black businesses, but X, Y, and Z, like they're ghetto or unprofessional. X, y'all, that, that, those thoughts have been inherited to us by a voice in a system outside of us. We have internalized that and it has become the go-to. So we got to reform how we see each other. We have to envision a world where blackness is not a, um, an option or a flavor of whiteness, right? We have to build our own. So create our own platforms, not worrying about what Gucci's doing because we have our own couture, black-owned brands. Not worried about what this school system is doing because we're building our own black, um, black-based or Afrocentric school systems that nurture our children that won't criminalize us and omit history, right? That we build our own. We can do this. We've done this before. A hundred years ago, Tulsa, Oklahoma was known as the Black Wall Street. We had our own banks. 
We had our own doctor's offices and hospitals. We had our own schools. We had our own nightclubs. We had our own stores. We were thriving and prosperous. This is in the 1920s, y'all. When we barely, barely had the right to vote, we were still getting discriminated against. We were still fully in, in segregation and we built our own. We can do that, right? We can learn from history. We can be wiser. We can know what to expect, especially if things continue to go the way that they are going um, in a larger circle as far as protecting ourselves, as far as showing up in the way that we need to. But my main point, I don't want it to get lost, is y'all, we have everything that we need inside of us right now. We can build our own Wakanda. (laughs) We can right here on American soil. All we have to do is start. Which leads to the last one. The last way that we can deal with the emotional trauma of being in an unavailable relationship with white people, whiteness, and those groups who will uphold white supremacy against us. We can contribute. The last C is for contribute. We can contribute to causes that build this. So we can contribute to venture funds that are literally trying to buy subdivisions and um, what do you call it? Multi-purpose buildings and places like that to um, grow our community, right? To build our own meccas. We can donate money to protests. Now, I know people are torn. Um, Some people say, well, we should only be protesting peacefully. Some people are into, um, well, if it burns, I don't care. Um, Not necessarily that they're going out um, causing problems, but um, the result of it, they are more indifferent. But I'm still saying contribute. So whether or not you are contributing to um, rebuilding the, the... um, the businesses that have been looted, um, that are black owned businesses contribute to their GoFundMe's, send people money, help rebuild our communities or contribute to the bailout funds, contribute to, um, the, um, the actual movements contribute to black lives matter or NAACP or whoever it is that you feel called to contribute to, but send money, send money. The money is what's going to help fund our revolution, right? We have to start. We got to start with us. Reposting a story is not going to help. So I don't care if it's $5. I don't care if it's 500. I don't care if it's 5,000. You know how much money you have, but contribute, invest in us. Contribute to whatever it is that's going to build our prosperity and our liberation. Those of us who sit back and berate us for what we're doing and not doing that we need to organize, especially those of you who are anti-looting, then I suggest you get a book and you Google community organizing because one of the truths about that is that there is no plan, right? We are, let's say the protests work and the other three officers are prosecuted, right? Um, Then by miracle, they actually go to prison because, you know, someone getting prosecuted and charged doesn't mean anything. But let's say by some miracle, people go to jail. Then what? What's next? Until the next killing, right? So what is our plan? What, what, are, what are our demands? What are we 
what are we trying to build for, right? And if that's your criticism, then be a part of the solution. Learn about community organizing. Go and see who's already doing it because there's too many people who are trying to be cooks in the kitchen and everyone's trying to start their own movement instead of starting going with what's already there, which is creating more division. This is a big country, y'all. Contribute where your gifts and passions are, however that may look, whether that's money, whether that's mentoring, whether that's in these places where communities are being rebuilt. Maybe you're like, what I can do is I am a good teacher. I can go and be there. I can um, be there with my medical experience. If you're a doctor, um, I see people offering like legal aid, like use your passions, use your gifts, but contribute. We are building our own life instead of waiting for someone to give us something that one, they're not going to give us in the first place. And two, it ain't even that good. Those of us who have been in relationships with people who are unavailable, we've been caught in this fantasy that if everything just goes right, if he or she just turns to me and tells me that he loves me, then I'm just going to feel full and whole on the inside. But then when our eyes are open, when we have distance and we actually look at who this person was, it's like, what the hell was I even seeing in them? Why did I even want that? There's like not even close to what I need. And, and that's what this is, y'all. The American dream, the American dream and how it's built and been sold to us is a fantasy. So part of our healing process is looking at this, detaching from it and creating our own. That's all I got for you. This podcast, actually, I made it all the way through. So this is what you're going to be hearing. I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that you found it empowering. I hope that you found it validating wherever you are in the process. I know some people are angry. So I hope for those of you who are angry, I gave you something that you can do. I know some of us are just sad and grieving. And for those of you where that's where you are, I hope that I gave you um, permission and validation to stay there as long as you need, girl. And for those of you who are sad and looking for a change and needing like just hope and I need something to do with my hands, I hope that you start to celebrate your life and contribute wherever that is. But I see you. I love you. I'm sending you all of my love and support. We are the ones that we've been looking for. We're the ones we've been waiting for. And we can do this. I love you all. Take care of yourselves. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.